0: Welcome to when will it end? Mm-hmm. It's a main feed update, which means that we've got a, a new movie to add to the canon. Of course, oh. longtime listeners know that on the show, me, Josh, and my dear friend Charles. Hi, Charles.
1: Hey, I'm feeling sorry to interrupt, but you're like feeling like you're coming at, at me. Well,
0: I'm leaning forward in my chair. I'm in
1: this like low, relaxed chair. There's
0: and... so many chairs you could pick from. I know, I picked there's the wrong one. The folding chair. There's the camping like... chair. There's the beachy long. you chair. don't normally
1: sit like on the very edge maybe it's because you're also like really
0: high up listen because I'm, you've been pentiment because <laughs> i've been playing pentiment so much i <laughs> yeah. feel like i'm catholic now so oh, i'm sort of sitting yeah like a penitent catholic look let me tell you something out there okay well where the listening audience the world the broad the cosmos the okay. spiritual realms i'm ready for all of it um some of y'all be running around trying to win an elden ring When some of you don't even understand that in pentiment, you literally take Catholic penitence and learn how to uh, 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 knit wool. And I helped a widow uh, clean up her hovel. And (laughs) people are like, oh, the magic sword. You can beat the the demon. And I'm like, "Uh, I arranged broken pottery shards into a representation of pre-Roman life in Bavaria. So who's really having more fun? I, I mean, I think you are. Who's really having more fun? You are. Oh, I did a hit combo on a big, a big zombie. Well, guess what?
1: Suck your own dick.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, wrapped up in monastic intrigue in the 16th century. Oh, you can also suck your own dick. I can't. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Sorry, that
1: wasn't meant to be like a thing you could actually do. Or just oh, like oh, a, oh, like just like a statement of like a pejorative. Like a, yeah. There's got to be like, It's like a a, a, a feeling. An energy right. statement, yeah, not a literal statement. Okay,
0: I think I'm on sort, the same page now. sort of Catholic.
1: It's sort of Catholic, if it, you it, think about way, it. In a way,
0: in a way, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, you know so much about Jesus now. Yeah, after I, know, I love that guy. The recent spate of advertising.
0: Yeah, we've been lucky enough to be getting the He Gets Us ad series. Uh, Americans know what we're talking about. To our international listenership, one. Well, I'm some people, sorry you're not American,
1: and that you don't love Jesus. sports balls. They might have seen it because I think. Now that things are easier to stream, I think more people in the world watch the Super Bowl this year. Huh.
0: That was the end of that thought. Just cold, cold stuff. Well, you were
1: saying that people outside of the United States right. didn't. I thought see maybe these you ads. have a
0: reflection or a comment on that.
1: That was it. But so been, I mean, you could. I'll walk you they there. They have Jesus elsewhere. I'll walk you there then, so people they watch the Super overseas. Bowl they
0: got in London, Italian Jesus. People watch the Super Bowl in in Rome, English Jesus, and they all
1: saw. Jesus. you
0: having a laugh.
1: Which was, this was when I was like yelling at people episode of Jesus. The,
0: it seemed like um, one of the right wing tropes is about like, you know, how cold hearted are these Marxist dissidents? that They would not talk to you just because you're a huge racist, <laughs> transphobic piece of shit. And Jesus would. So th- th- those yeah. ads sort of seemed like all those mean, scary BLM people. That's not what Jesus would do. I know, it's awesome. He wouldn't be rude about, you know, unmitigated state-sponsored assassinations and shit. It's so
1: good. Like, you (laughs) keep doing what you're doing, and hopefully these meanies will stop yelling at you about it. It is everyone else who is wrong.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so anywho, yes, between the Jesus he gets us ads and penitent, I am considering becoming TradCath. Um, oh, sick. Yeah, it just seems awesome. I, well, okay, because I'm Josh Landis, and this is how my mind operates, I played <laughs> penitent and I loved it. I instantly ordered two really fascinating histories about oh, the Middle Ages. That's cool. Because I've always been fascinated with the Reformation and the Thirty Years' War. There's a lot of 16th century shit that I could not possibly recommend enough. Um, don't get me started. So what
1: is the, the, well, the medieval era is like eleven. 11- I don't uh, even let's, know. We don't
0: need to fucking get into it. No, I'm it. just you curious, know? though,
1: because you mentioned the 16th century, and I'm like...
0: Well, the, the 16th century is where everything really starts to massively transform on, all, like, every level. Okay. Because you have Martin when Luther. What was
1: the dumb dumb times?
0: I think the dum dumb, dumb times like the, generally were, like, like 1100 yeah, to, like, okay. the 1500 I I don't Damn,
1: know. Damn, that was a long time. For <laughs> it was <laughs> cold stupid. and wet, and it sucked.
0: <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm reading uh, this amazing book. I got to get the, the the guy's last name right. Yeah. This Dutch dude wrote it. And it came out in 1919. Basically, 20th century dry, witty historians. That's exactly my shit. That's where I'm at right now. Like mm-hmm. All the shit I've been loving lately has been that. Uh, but no, okay, so it's called The Weaning of the Middle Ages by Johann Ooh. Oh, no. Huizinga. Huizinga? No, it's,
1: it's is that the a font.
0: I can't even tell what letter that the is. The thing with old font, crazy. What the fuck? The thing with penitent, so many fonts.
1: Yeah, I, I, you were talking to that nun, and I couldn't even, I was like, are you supposed to be able to understand what saying?
0: Well, she, they actually offer she's you, saying. they offer you, um, uh, you can do it with simplified text, because I think it's a sort of a funny. But you're going hardcore. Oh, This yeah, is like how the, yeah. this is how a true pentiment yeah, would Huizinga, do Yeah, Huizinga, Johan Huizinga. So it was published in 1919, published again in 1922. Oh, it was published in 1919. Yeah. So old school Old school, old school, old school. And it reads wonderfully. And it's also translated and it reads wonderfully. But like a big part of it is just about how in the Middle Ages, uh, how intense life was. Like everything was like heightened in a way we couldn't possibly wrap our heads around You know, if you were part of a group, you wore like the 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 attire and uniform and badges and flags of a group. If the duke was sick, they would ring the bells in town. You'd all go to the church together to pray for the Duke. Yeah. Like um, everything was about like revenge and piety and, and, and sin and redemption. Like th- bec- things were just really heightened because ex- the, the extremities existed in a way that we just have no, like for the most part, most of society, I should say, uh, not right. everyone. But. That was
1: sort of like the big takeaway for me from the North man was just like how religion and life was inseparable. And it's not quite the same, but that like extremity and, where everything comes back to religion.
0: Well, just yeah, there's no dividing line there's between nothing. ritual and and belief and reality and reality, yeah. And every single thing you did was imbued with this sense this of higher purpose. Crazy. Then there's another book that I was reading about. So the the director of Penitent, Josh Sawyer, who's been involved in a lot of cool stuff, including Fallout New Vegas and other things through You're going to play that. You told I'm me I'm going to play it next. Because I played Fallout Three, then I watched like a three-hour video of this guy saying how much he hates the game. Fallout and, Three, I know, and that's the reaction everyone. I just I, I started playing it again. I know, I like it. I think in if we are honest with ourselves, the end of Fallout Three is terrible. Okay, here's it? the thing. Here's <laughs> like, the thing like about I also love Fallout Three. Playing yeah. it, the plot of Fallout Three is not good. Here's I, what. So that's
1: I was actually talking to somebody about this. Is that basically Bethesda games from. Uh, what's the first, there's Morrowind, the one before that, basically the, the Skyrim series.
0: Elder Scrolls series.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Elder Scrolls series and I would say the new, the Fallout games is if you're playing for the story, you know, best of luck to you. But like the whole point of those games is that like there is supposedly a plot but the game is to go like explore Morrowind and there's like thousands of things you can do in Morrowind and it's not about the plot. So, I don't know. I feel like if you're complaining about the plot of Fallout, like maybe it's not the game for you. Not it's that about it's, the
0: elves you meet along the way. It's exactly it, about those elves. I don't know if I entirely agree with that because, like, so I'm, I'm really enjoying Red Dead Redemption, but like I am noticing that the the plot elements at times are quite weak. And I know that's mm-hmm. uh, broadly a Rockstar issue as much it as is, anyone yeah. else. But
1: GTA I, games are.
0: Ter- just God. Did the plots know, are just, People, ugh. the popularity of those games never fails to astonish me, especially because Red Dead is so much obviously better. I guess, like, between the games that are the purest to my core, are RPGs that I think combine those things really beautifully. Where um, I think Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2 have phenomenal plot arcs and stories that are really fascinating. I think mm-hmm. Final Fantasy seven as a bedrock millennial gaming experience, had moments of plot development that you know, moved me to tears as a young person. Yeah. And when you play Penitent and Disco Elysium, my favorite 21st century uh, role-playing games, the, you know, the plot is everything and the plot is amazing. So I don't know. I understand like the, the, there's the exploratory component and like that in and of itself is fascinating. But I think in my mind, there, there, there's a world where we can hope for more. And from what I've heard to draw this loop to a close, Fallout New Vegas is the best job mm-hmm. uh, accommodating both of those things. Yeah,
1: But, but I, I, I guess I want to like, I think there's justifiable criticism you can make that the plot line of Fallout 3 isn't very good, but I don't think that makes the game not good. I think it makes a component of the game not great, but there's just so much else that that game is about that I think it's like a, you know... Give it a well, 90 no, I'm instead not, of 100. I'm
0: not, I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. No, but this
1: sounds like the person you were referencing well, is, is I doing think that.
0: the person made many, many observations. And I recommend okay. you watch the video because it's great. I great. think it's always good to engage with criticism of things that we care about because it makes us better at understanding the things that we love as much as the things yeah, that those, maybe frustrate us. I,
1: I love the bathwater.
0: I think... Um, I do agree, like especially after playing Disco Elysium and being so blown away by it, and especially after playing Pentiment and being so in love with it. Like Fallout Three ends with no choices and no options, and you have to do one thing. And all that's
1: like that's such a recent development in games. Like, can you imagine? There's like just like a strictly. Like, okay, I'm going to give shit to Mario because you can't, like, choose how to end Mario? Yeah,
0: famously, Mario is most famous for being a, a choice-based game full of more... I think the point is that... So Fallout you're saying 3, Fallout 3
1: advertises it, it, itself as, like, uh, ooh, you can be... like, yes. a, What is it called? The whole, like, karma system?
0: Well, yeah, just making these choices that that are supposed to impact the direction and of the game, and then it you have no option at the end. That makes and sense. And compared yeah. to Disco, Elysium, or Pentiment, two games that I will be relentlessly referencing for the rest of my life because they're that wow. fucking good, Um, like... All of your choices do genuinely feel cumulatively powerful and do impact the game dramatically.
1: Which one would you want to have a disco Elysium themed funeral or a pentiment themed funeral? I
0: think, uh, for lack of any other option, it'll be somewhere in the middle because (laughs) something about medieval peasantry and a decaying system predicated on lies and corruption mixed with a nightmarish future of abject capitalist exploitation. And a general degradation of every quality of life seems yeah. like a very realistic thing to shoot for.
1: Should I, I'm just sort of like, should I aim to wear a filth soaked tunic? or a
0: filth-soaked duster i mean yeah yeah. exactly Uh, yeah sure no no, i want a red dead style (laughs) funeral i want you to wear a cool hat uh ride on horsey oh it's a horse gun but no so what i was saying was uh josh sawyer in one of the interviews about pentiment writes about another aspect of medieval life that blew my mind there's this crazy book called the bread of dreams that that it's very obscure it's hard to track down a copy of i've not read it yet but Um, It it has to do with this academic positing that due to scarcity of food and over fermented bread, there's like a very strong (laughs) reality that due to hunger and actual like, you know, essentially like psychedelic fermentation processes, like people were literally just like tripping for like most of their waking lives during the medieval era. So So, great. I don't know. Long story short, it's really it's it's a really fascinating period of time. Field in England, right? Yeah, of course. It's one of...
1: Ultimate tripping
0: I gotta be real, though. Ben Wheatley, as a a, a long-term investment, has been all over the place. I feel like he's really inconsistent. Like, that movie feels so fucking good. Yeah. And I don't think he's made anything remotely as good as that since, Hmm. which is frustrating. I liked High Rise. I liked High Rise. I didn't love High Rise.
1: I actually referenced... I I love the book. Yeah. he, he He did that A24
0: movie I didn't see.
1: I, um... I referenced Ben in my most recent Letterboxd review. I saw the new Crony Bergie, New son. Son of, of yeah, Crony Son of Crony.
0: Infinite pool. I loved it. Okay, and It's cool. just like, it's so wet and gross. And it's well, like, I haven't seen X or Pearl yet, so I'm, I'm not even on the Mia Goth train that's yet. That's true. I'm on the fucking, look, Alexander Sarsgaard, I'll buy all the stock you can offer. <gasps>
1: Yeah, Are you kidding me. Hell yeah,
0: Succession season four uh, coming. You up? should
1: also wait. I pirated it. Oh, I mean, I uh, ooh, uh, I guess that's a parody. Make
0: up your mind. <laughs> I uh,
1: I I watched the R-rated version. Apparently, there's an X-rated version or an NC-17 rated version where you see full Alex Dong in Northman pog. or Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool. Oh, world. Yeah, he's naked. He there's this. I won't tell you anything. Yeah, I, went yeah. in, I went in knowing absolutely nothing, and I really appreciate it. I know that. very little about it so far. But I just saw the new um Claire Denis movie, The Stars at Noon. And there's just something about like wet. They, like you love a wet movie. I know this about you.
0: If I if I ever make a movie, there will be multiple scenes shot in the pouring rain. Well, the thing about Pentiment, there's this, like there's a whole thing where you wake up onto a stormy, wet morning, and like that's literally all I've ever wanted in life is to wake up into a stormy wet morning.
1: <sighs> so I think. I don't know if you're gonna like this movie overall. I I just love it. I think it vibes so like it just feels like Crash meets like a Ben Wheatley movie. It's just like really deranged in a wet, disgusting way. No one's making disgusting movies anymore.
0: Well, the thing is, and this is me showing my my cards here as a coward, uh, a boor, and a vulgarian. But um, okay. I thought only God forgives. Maybe too gross. <laughs> Like for three hours for too <laughs> gross. For like, no, sorry. Not only God forgives. I'm um, hard to be a God. Excuse me. I'm oh, shuffling I didn't, my God and watch it. Also two very gross movies. Hard to be a God. is just like the whole thing is like, what if shit was the most disgusting uh, yeah. in, a, in a brutal realistic style for three hours. And at a certain point, even me, a fan of gross stuff, I was like, Jesus, can people stop yeah. doing like, you know, like phlegmy cholera ridden spitting. <laughs> like, I
1: love it. There's a lot of that sort of stuff in, um, in this new one, I, I we got. I'm going to take you down the Ben train because I think you're okay. wrong, and not that you're wrong in your opinion. I think you like all of these movies. So I'm not really okay, sure what sure. you mean.
0: I just mean like I think I feel like A Field in England's a high watermark structurally, and the way it's told is really awesome. What did
1: you, oh, you must? Did you see In the
0: Earth? No, I didn't see it. Okay, so this is like you like Free Fire, right? Uh, I, yeah, I did like Free Fire. Yeah. But I liked, you like but Free Fire Killist, film. right? Right. Well, I mean, Killist is. But here's the thing. But K- like he's Killist, only made five movies, and the, but, but they're Killist all great. But I don't really ever need to see again. It was extremely okay. unpleasant, and I was like, good job, buddy. It's a bummer. Did you like feeling and Free England? Fire felt really fun, but it also felt very light. Like, that to me is like a really fun slice of genre. I think I saw it twice in theaters. So I mean, like. Yeah. I'm not like, we love that movie. Yeah, I know. But like, it, it's not, you know, also, it's hard to watch now that we know that Arnold Hammer, 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 Hammerman is a cannibal guy. Eat up <laughs> makes the, it eat better up to watch. Munch, munch, munch. <laughs> it makes bones, it better bones, to bones. watch. And of course, listeners know it's part of the John Denver Country Roads yeah. era of film in which all movies featured that song prominently. I'm not trying to make you... I just, I don't want to prove to you that you
1: actually are... I can't even tell what movie you're talking about. This is What I'm saying me.
0: it you, you you're typically in Charles Banner jumping Yelling to at you. You're jumping to a conclusion that no one else arrived at. I'm saying well, I you feel You did. Like you said you've been field, disappointed in his output. I'm because not because his individual films are bad, mm, but because a field in I England see. feels like a high watermark and I don't think he's gotten back up there to be perfectly honest. Got it. I think some people go from strength to strength and I have not seen quite as uh as linear Did you see Rebecca? Rebecca. I've seen the original show, Rebecca. It. Yeah,
1: this is his, I think it was his Netflix, it was his first Netflix movie. And I I'm just,
0: it, it. it's out? I had it. came out two it. years ago. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, 2020. We were all 2021. Oh, it also
1: has, maybe it's because it also has Army in it. So yeah. it sort of just got kicked under the rug. I can't
0: believe his real name is Armold. Um, okay, we we have to talk about ostensibly the theme of today's. <laughs> I think episode. so. I know it's so okay. funny.
1: You're like, we can't do a Peniman episode because you haven't played it yet, and you just spent the last twenty minutes talking about Peniman.
0: No, we didn't. We talked about Ben Wheatley. We talked about uh, medieval. Oh, you want to let's we just go through about, it again
1: then. I we think so. Repeat the and first
0: 20- go. Hello and welcome to Wendewald, and I'm so Josh. So speaking Landis. of
1: nineteenth century books, guess yes. what? i
0: started reading Moby Dick. Uh, well, we weren't speaking. I'm reading a book that was published in 1919, which I is twenty. Mine's century. pretty close. Well, I mean, hey, uh, Moby Dick is a fucking. Uh, it, I love have that Have you book. read it? Yeah, have of course. It? I'm, I'm it's, so, it's,
1: it's so goofy. It's yes. so funny.
0: <laughs> people have like a weird, people think that book is like austere and not, right. and not fun. Like, Ooh, a Captain Ahab trying to kill a whale. And It's no, like it's so far, it's More just like, like, <laughs> like <laughs> back to work on the fucking whaling shit. My, yeah. my boss is a fucking dick, <laughs> but my roommate Todd. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, oh my God. The opening where he just like talks about having to share a bed with Queek. Kwee Kwee.
0: Pretty quick, yeah. Uh,
1: so fucking, and then, I don't know, there's some just hilarious shit. I'm having a great time. Oh, it's great. It's awesome. And the yeah. fact that it was
0: written in beautiful Pittsfield, Massachusetts, makes it all the better.
1: Yeah, we got to do the, wait, it's the Melville.
0: Arrowhead is yeah. where Herman Melville lived. And, but there's and, a
1: movie we keep threatening our listeners with oh, review. Fucking
0: Thor fights the whale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, isn't there one? Is it him? I think it's Thor, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And another movie that came out and like, it was as though they released it directly into a garbage pit like a a movie that no i don't think anyone i mean Uh, no cultural we i mean again i we live in the place that is ascribed to being where herman melville shit was all about and i don't know a single person who's ever referenced Moby dick the movie other than you um. Uh, yeah, because it's so funny I just, Yeah, it's called, I, wait, is it The Heart of the Sea? Yeah, The Heart of the Sea yeah. I love it when, like, uh, an MCU person does, like I'm gonna do a serious literary movie This one, Sexy Ahab And, like, it, it's as though it never happened Yeah, incredible Yeah Ugh, I wanna watch it Speaking of things that I wish never happened We watched the 2021 remake of Cube So we're continuing wait, our- Wait,
1: before we go on Chris, Killian, Brendan, Ben- which is, is, hold on,
0: Gleason's up in this? Gleason, Holland. To be fair, to be this fair. This is crazy. When you're casting a salty old sea dog. <laughs> yeah. The thing you're is, Brian Doyle Murray is so good in uh, Cabin Boy as a salty sea dog. And I wish that he was in Heart of the Sea as well.
1: Wow, sorry to interrupt, but I just like this cast is fucking loaded. I
0: am I'm imagining Brendan greasy ass face in a fucking open buttoned cotton shirt and a vest so vividly right now. Oh, a little ponytail maybe.
1: Yeah. Ben Whishaw is so beautiful.
0: Beautiful. And um, you know, hey, just to jump back to High-Rise for a minute, I love Tom Hiddleston. Beautiful man. Yeah. He's perfectly cast in that, I will say. Yeah. I know some people who are hardcore Ballard fans who did not like the movie, and I was a little confused it's as to what confusing. their deal was because I I for the I'm most a, part, I'm it's it's pretty fan. it's pretty hard to make a Ballard adaptation. And it's kind of stunning we've had multiple good Ballard adaptations. Absolutely. There. Um he's one of those guys that like has a certain tone that it's I find extremely difficult to replicate because he has so many imitators and I don't know. But high-rise the book, I would still say uh read it before you see the movie because the book is fucking amazing. Yeah. It also features the phrase Natal Cleft, which made me uncomfortable oh then and makes me uncomfortable now. I think
1: that's if you could sum up uh Whatever his name is, sorry out of my head. The author. JG Ballard. Yeah. He just like finds these phrases that on their own, even without the imagery they evoke, are just like unnerving. I forgot the what it's like chromium something and crash. And just like everything is chromium. And it's just like by the end, you've read the word four thousand times. And well, you're it, just like a whole You totally place. get
0: like wit what Cronenberg is so obsessed with from Ballard. Just like this idea of of the future It's this extremely threatening, violent thing. That uh, is, like, just rife with, like, the most, like, primitive inspirations of violence and sex, but, yeah. like, done in an in, in even more heartless and, like, clean, smooth, mm. horrifying way. It's yeah. so good. High Rise opens with a guy eating a dog on a balcony. Not vegan, but a very good opening to a right. book. I was going to say, Moby Dick is also not vegan. Not vegan, vegan yeah, because no. they're trying to hunt the whale. Yeah. And, yeah. you know.
1: There's a whole chapter about why it's good to hunt the whale. And I was like, Moby... Yeah. I mean,
0: Ishmael or whatever. Isn't it ironic that Moby, our greatest electronic musician and former uh, boyfriend of <laughs> Natalie Portman, famously? Mm-hmm. Don't Google it. Um, you know, he's named after the big whale, but they, from book where they try to kill the big whale. It's complicated. Have well, you ever is- asked him about that? Has society ever asked Moby about no. that? No. He got a vegan neck tattoo.
1: He's got a vegan neck tattoo and he's named after a fucking whale? I want him Aren't at that the
0: Chicago Diner in Chicago, which is a vegan <laughs> restaurant. Did he have the tattoo? No, but he had some big old headphones on. And it was no, like, oh my, he never takes them shit. off. Yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. We're talking about 2021's Cube Remake, a science fiction oh, horror I was film. I'm so excited about this movie. Written by Koji Tokuyo and directed by uh, Yasuhiko Shimizu. It is a remake of the 1997 Canadian film of the same name, the first film in the Cube series. We, of course, covered it here on this very podcast, When Will It End? And look, we are simple men. When you hear Japanese Cube remake, you're like, hell yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the Japanese world of science fiction and horror is well established. <gasps> it is filled with all kinds of amazing classics. Uh, Cube is a, Great. a beautiful little movie that also... It exists in that. Well, I think what we found to be actually, in retrospect, what makes it so special and you know impossible to reproduce is that it feels like a mixture between a demo and a masterpiece. Where like mm. it's extremely frayed around the edges. It is a very low budget movie. It's a lot of either incredibly low name or almost non professional actors mixed with a single set, uh, and yet seeing a really smooth attempt to reproduce that with all of those things "quote unquote" improved was a fucking disaster and we, yeah. we hated
1: it. <laughs> it's so cool that I never really put that together, but yeah, like, can you, like, what's, Kenji, f- fuck, I can't say any of these names. No, the no. Guy,
0: just take a wild blind <gasps> crack at uh, someone from another culture's name. That's probably the way to <laughs> No, goes.
1: so the guy who did Tetsuo, like this, like the first cube is so in, in yeah. the same school as Tetsuo and I would say even like Human Centipede and just yeah. like, like random, like disgusting shit. They're like, Stop let's Jesus. just fucking make this movie. And we'll do it cheap. Saw. It's gonna, exactly. It's gross. The, 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 but Jap- Japan about, does it really well. Something
0: about the desperation of all of those movies is amplified by it feeling low rent. Yeah. And feeling dingy.
1: And I would say Japan is like specifically a cinematic culture that has excelled in that category yeah. of film.
0: If you've never seen Tetsuo Iron Man, it is an unforgettable visual experience. Yeah. It's literally unforgettable. There's almost every moment of that movie is just fucking incredible. It feels like you're watching Nosferatu, but like in the nineties and it's like, is it the eighties? When did that come out?
1: Yeah. Late eighties. I Wow. Think. I yeah.
0: Mean, mind, Not just for drill dick, even though obviously gets like, a lot of, uh, but no, like, time. um,
1: Sogo Ishii, famous du- punk director who did like electric dragon, 80,000 volts. And just like all this shit that just looks like it was like literally welded together because that's all the tool. I, I don't know. It is so cool. I was like, yes, let's move cube to a country that like really understands that like hand cube feels so alive because it feels like we're in this built structure and it's got like blood on it. And it's, it's weird and it's physical.
0: And we don't know these actors. We've never seen them before that. We don't know what to expect from them. Their energy is really sweaty and upsetting. And
1: yeah, it's not clean. It's not like, Ooh, it's not like everything was like there was fractal design in this one on the, all the walls. It's like, this feels so planned and so designed and so like trying to look good rather than just like, Oh, we don't have any money. So we're just going to build a cube and use it for everything.
0: Yeah. And coupled with a lot of inexplicable decision-making, um, like, I mean, look, let let me put this very simply. This movie kept putting me to sleep. It was really boring. (laughs) It was not, there was no sense of tension. There was no sense of threat all of the characters were weirdly thinly. Again, you go back to watch the first Cube. It's amateurish in every way. And yet everyone brings something to the table. Yeah, this we, one um,
1: I want to talk. Let's compare opening scene to opening scene. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to tell a little behind the scenes story of. Wow. happened. We, we tried to watch this movie like three months ago. Yeah. And because of, hmm, I guess another parody. But the method by which I obtained the film was a corrupted file. Charles
0: knows a guy who knows a guy who's talked to a guy.
1: Yeah, it's a library. Yeah. I got USB the, library. Step, yeah. yeah the USB section of the library. Uh, we watched like literally the first five minutes and it
0: stopped working. Like this so you know obviously Cube opens with this iconic guy getting, you know, essentially uh wire chunked into cubes. It's iconic. Um and so we were like on the verge of seeing how they were going to handle that opening defining moment, the the tone setter of the film and it crashed. Yeah. So
1: disappointing. I went to a different library and went to a different USB section and I found two copies just to make sure. And we got to watch it. And honestly, the opening scene I found delivered. Like we, we got to see how it ended and I made the cool decision to like, Do one big heart cube, like meat cube out of the center of his chest rather than turning him into all these little cubes.
0: Yeah, like basically uh, incredibly violent cookie cutter things like blast out of the walls and like blow a a chunk (laughs) of a a perfect cube of flesh out of the core of his torso. It's sick.
1: And when I saw that, I was like, this, they get it. This is a different death, but so aligned with the original. I cannot fucking wait. To see this. Surely movie. there will
0: be more cool things like that. <laughs> and cool characters. Which is, which is the one thing that fucking Cube is about is cool, crazy traps. We watched in the subsequent hour, there was like one actual trap they had to deal with that was absolute so- dog shit. <laughs> it was so bad.
1: It was crazy. It was like They had to keep dodging light, but it was so slow. And it like literally just like cut to light CGI light cut to them going, ah, and it it felt like a fucking next
0: generation episode. (laughs) And like, I I say that, like, that's the incompetent, you know, fucking CGI shit of that show is charming. That's from the night from the 90s and shit. Yeah. For this is like, you know you have you've polished up every other part of this to the point that there is no texture to it and then we get to the traps which theoretically on paper with the the budget and the and the vision would be the coolest part of this and they just sucked and it was mm. fucking boring and we fucking turned it off because it sucked Boo. it was and- irredeemable it just got to the point of being irredeemable because it, there was we didn't give a shit about fucking anybody it's so sucked. that's so
1: here's what i'm gonna say, I totally agree. There's two things about Cube which make it a great movie. Traps and characters. Now if you do go back and listen to the episode, I did have a problem with the acting acting of the characters but ultimately what makes Cube so cool is it's like six people. They all have backstories that we learn about throughout the story. They're on each other's nerves. They're yelling at each other. They're trying to murder each other and it's really intense watching them slowly one by one get killed off to try to figure out how this is ever going to end. This is like the main beef is, like, a silent guy who just wants to keep walking and an old man who just, like, is sort of annoying. And that's it. There's a, a woman who does nothing. She says nothing. There's a kid who's supposed to take the place of the, like... Developmentally disabled character. Thank you. He's not. He's just, like, is sort of, like, quiet, too. There's our main character who's just sort of, like, does whatever
0: anyone well, tells him to do. And then also, he... The main character—it's a main—it's a woman in Cube, right? I'm I remembering so. things. No, no, fucking whatever. I don't My think My brain's so. like a sieve, a shiny sieve. and full of holes. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I don't think so. The, the woman does stuff uh-huh. just shit look look it doesn't even matter it we're, we're, no it
1: doesn't look it doesn't matter
0: the, the, the point is that like they like weirdly excise all of that shit like all of that right. the Can meat of the sandwich is gone we had... or the fucking tempeh oh, wait, or right. soy protein
1: No you're right the the main character is a woman
0: Right so like that was a weird decision look at you gaslighting me it's terrible but yeah. I mean, well, also google uh, gu- Coob.
1: It is cube. I remember we had a little bit of like ooh, it's sort of weird that they made like the aggressive murderous tall big guy a black character, so that's sort of interesting in the first one. But still, like, there's no energy from the like. I don't even know who is supposed to be the like. I guess the old guy,
0: right? But, <laughs> but like, it's but weird. Like, it's crazy that we have to do so much work to get to that point. Man, I kind of want to watch Cube again. I know. <laughs> and, and,
1: like, and like Julian as,
0: Richings, <laughs> yes, oh, fuck yeah, big nose guy, weird, love him. Yeah, and like.
1: So they spent so much time about like the actual math of it, where in the first one, it's just like, <laughs> I remember being a part of it, but just, I don't know, it was sort of like a, a MacGuffin or a way to move the story along. Here it was like, the director's like, this, this, the math is the most important part of the story. We must get to the prime numbers and we must show them doing long division. Isn't the whole first one, it's like like, the guy can just like figure out if it's prime or not without doing anything?
0: Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, it's like, it's great. We don't need the, like, It's not interesting to watch them literally do math. Do long divisions. God, this was just a huge missed opportunity. Uh, Look, maybe someday we'll go back and figure out how they tried to approach the end of the movie, but it was, like, staggeringly frustrating how bizarre uh, almost every decision was. You start the movie off on this interesting note of, like, putting a spin on a classic and sort of right. saying, we're going to add our stank to this. And then we to be like, no stank, no wink, staring dead. eyed down the lens, just like, you know, shuffling through the, the set piece over and over again. Um, it, uh, was a big disappointment and I was very sleepy. Kept falling asleep. Not good. I just
1: looked up the plot on Wikipedia. Cause you know, sometimes some people painstakingly like spend paragraph after paragraph going through the plot of a movie. Sure. This one is two paragraphs long, and it's almost like you wrote it, Josh, because it it's smart. The fir- well, the first paragraph is all about how like cool the opening scene is, and then it's like, three people wake up in a mysterious room. None of them can seem to recall how or why they got there. A woman enters the room, as well as a man named Ide. They all have no memory or recollection of how they got there. Ochi, out of fear, tries to escape, but Ide warns him there are traps as he tosses a boot into the room, setting off flamethrowers. That does sound like me. That's the plot description. No, I'm just saying, like, it's as though they stopped where we stopped. It's like, yeah, okay, exactly. yeah. that's the end of this movie. I just
0: don't fucking get it. Like, you know, the beauty of this whole show is, like, how do how do these movies open up huge canvases to expand and elaborate and explore? And, like, as goofy as they are, Cube Hypercube and Cube Zero fucking really take cool. advantage of that concept and, yeah. like, really try out a lot of other things, be it quantum physics or uh, belief in a higher power or uh, simply, oh, yeah, and this had
1: like little flashbacks to the outside. That one, that didn't happen in the original, right? I don't remember at this point. Like Every, I think it's all in the cube. And here we get like, I don't think we finished this storyline. But the fact that someone he knew killed himself by jumping off of something that was like, we got little bursts of fucking who gives a shit. It
0: it just was so strange. Like it, it felt like th- there's some interpersonal conflict, but just like nowhere near the stifling, claustrophobic paranoia of the original, right?
1: And the guy who's like we think is maybe the mean guy from the first one. I think that's, I mean, I guess ultimately it was a bad idea to have made this as like a remake because you go into it with expectations of like, who's going to fill in which role? And here the stern, quiet, menacing guy turns out to like sacrifice himself in in the laser, in the double laser cage.
0: Right, but and also we don't give a shit about it because we know nothing about the fucking. Why do we like what? Why did he just do that? He seems so
1: hell bent on escaping. Yeah, I'm
0: totally with you because, like, in a way, like, why not localize it? Why not be like, there's a cube in Japan too, you know? Just make it a new one. Don't try to like. What this was a failed attempt. Long story short, because at the end of the day, if you can't establish that tone early in a movie like that, you can't later retroactively establish that tone. It either works from the get go or it doesn't. Not yeah. not everything is binary, but in this case for a cube remake, it either gives you that sense of dread and tension or it fails to. And this loses that immediately, like instantly drops the bag. And then that's kind of it. And it sucked. That does suck. So we watched a much better movie and it ruled and yeah. I went from falling asleep to cheering. And uh, now uh, <laughs> I think we're both going to join the MTA and work. We're, we're both going to be trained guys. now,
1: <laughs> Right. Oh, wait. In, there's no trains out here.
0: No, no no, we're going to move to New York City. Yeah. Fucking awful New York City. Get off my fucking nuts.
1: I would only move to New York City if it were the 80s guy. And yeah, and the, the 80s. 70s. 70s. Made in 1973
0: year four. Right. We watched the Taking a one, 2, 123 instead and it fucking whipped. It's a movie I love. I can watch it all day. It's a movie about how fucking awful New York is. Now everything in our system is decrepit and falling apart and everything sucks and is terrible and it's awesome. It that's is the, awesome. It's the best closing shot of any movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> if so, anyone has seen the end of this movie they know exactly what that noise means
0: let me ask you this where are you in your walter Mathow experience like oh what is your, yeah great question let's talk Mathow. so i i, I grew up, up some Mathow
1: stats i grew up with walter yeah as a huge part of my life which is such an interesting like you know a lot of people talk about how millennials are different because they're the first group that like was a part of the internet. And a lot of you know, people say millennials, ooh, they like avocados, or ooh, they learned how to fuck because of porn. But no, millennials are the, the last group that will ever know who, like, Humphrey Bogart and Walter Matthau are. Yeah. For, Especially yeah. Walter Matthau, like, this guy that's... Why did he... Be, how did he ever become a successful actor? And well, you know well, why, He was one but, of these
0: guys who, like, he one... Look at this face. It's like a perfect face. <laughs> look at that little. St- he looks good. Well, he would charade look- is like a t- Josh top so ten. Good. It's a perfect yeah, movie, and he's perfect. In they it. left him to they left me to <laughs> die. Mrs. is Dial. God, he's amazing. Um, so he fucking served in World War II, which like damn for wait, what, you he British or American? That was American as fuck. Born in the Lower East Side of New York City in 1920. Died. Yeah, that makes sense. In Santa Monica, California, in 2000, lived the American dream. He died in 2000. Yeah. Yeah. He's seventy nine. You know, do you think he would have been um, not so bad for the wars? For the wars, um, I don't know. I know he was not a leftist. I'll leave it at that. Um, no, but I hear you because, like, we were raised in the VHS generation, where, like, you know, when yeah, my parents' idea of like anodyne media for me to consume in my childhood was what they remembered exactly. So, like, so much Walter Matthau from Charade to The Odd Couple. It's like, yeah. like like a billion things in between. Um, I think I think yeah he won an Oscar in uh, the Fortune Cookie which I've never seen. Sounds bad. Lemon and Mathew. It's a Billy Wilder's movie. I'm sure there's like one of our few boomer listeners is like having a conniption fit. But like that's yeah. got to be good, right? I mean Lemon Mathew and Wilder. Get out of Hell town. Yeah. Wait, Gene Wilder? Or no, no, no. Billy Wilder. Billy Wilder. Yeah. And then fucking mean, he's in Bad News Bears, which like. Yep. My dad didn't like that
1: movie, so it was only a one. I only watched it one. Because it was once. about
0: rudeness and and children yep. being disrespectful. Yeah, The movie fucking whips. It's yeah. kind of like in the slapshot tradition of like uh, inspiring sports stories, where basically the main characters are like homophobic monsters who just like abuse people. And it, it's awesome. Did you see the the Linklater version? I did. It's actually I really enjoyed it because cool. I love I love Mia Billy Bob, and somehow he knows how to play an alcoholic really well. God, I love fucking Billy Bob, dude. We I mean, Bad yeah. Santa. There's only two Bad Santas, but yeah, That Santa has one of my all- time favorite jokes.
1: In I that. love that even in his like hunky, like main picture on Wikipedia,
0: he still looks like that,
1: yeah. He just looks like a like a fucking um ventriloquist doll
0: mm. um, he fucking rules. And what w- we were talking about watching the movie is that, like the taking of Pelham 1, two three is amazing because, like, everyone is ugly and weird looking in it, which is like the best. And there's no like hero hero, like ostensibly no Nathau is. A goodish no, guy. No, he's not. And I mean,
1: I don't know. Like everyone's
0: doing their job in a broken system. So you're right. Yeah. He's not the good guy. He's, stupid. he's like, one guy doing so his funny. job who like who solves something in a way that's very ingenious, but he's like a racist, shitty. Like this is he a movie. He
1: did not solve it through ingenuity. He, yeah, he solved did. it through random luck.
0: No, no, no. They ran through well, in a way, but he he paid attention to the sneezing and he had them run the background <laughs> checks. That's he, what I mean. The he sneezing had them run the was, background He checks. was about to leave. But he didn't Because of the sneeze The great Martin Balsam By the way And I know it's a spoiler so that we good just gave it.
1: away the ending But um, No
0: nothing can give away the ending We can tell you what happens At the ending and <laughs> Exactly And nothing visually would, There's no verbal way to capture well, The final mm-hmm. shot of the movie mm-hmm. That's visual, that's verbal. I, I told you this, but I was on some stupid film website and they're listing the best last shots of all time. And I was like, you're not going to include taking a Pelham one, two, three. That's like a <laughs> Josh, top
1: 10 last shot of a movie. And it, but I mean, I think it is just, um, you, you like to remind me of um, just sort of that there are some things that, what's the word you often use when it means that you're just right? Like objectively, objectively yeah. yeah. So yeah. So, um, yeah. so, objectively, I do think this is one of the top ten endings of all time. Yeah. I mean, there's like no arguing that it just sums up everything that you just watched for an hour and a half. Like this stupid fucking shot of Walter Matthau like looking over the tops of his eyes because he heard a man sneeze. And that's it. It's over. And it's like it's so fucking perfect. It's sick.
0: It's a movie about like... Cops are incompetent and shitty and stupid and useless and robbers are like horrific, monstrous, awful people, creatures who do things out of like, you know, base self-serving selfishness. Uh, But their victims are also not that sympathetic. And it's like, well, you know, everyone appears to be like it's a it's a world where it's a broke, terrible New York City run by incompetent losers who only care about winning elections and governed yeah, by yeah. brutish cops who are bad at their jobs. And like, it's a fascinating movie because it just pretty much just argues that everything like the, the nucleus of like America, New York city, it's a terrible place and it's representative of a system in decay. And
1: yeah, it's amazing it's that awesome. we like <laughs> the recovery of that was like incredible policing and the, and just like incredibly
0: uh, a racist policing. Yeah.
1: just like brutal police state while also channeling huge amounts of money to just make, it's just like, it's incredible. The solution to this broken system was to just make it worse. And it's better for a few people, but it's like, it's, we're back to it's looking like it's crumbling. Turn
0: up the dial on the extremity. We're like, you know, the, the wealthiest are given the most protections and their needs are prioritized over everyone else. And they're, uh, those who don't sit comfortably are squeezed into the margins of society even further. That's how New York chose to solve that problem. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the cast for a minute. That's what I was
1: gonna bring it's Robert, who's the who's Robert
0: Shaw, Shaw is the, who I would say you're a bit of a bond head, right? You're yeah, a fan of the bond. I've
1: seen that was another thing that I grew up with. Sure. I mean I don't know that
0: I bet our dads don't agree about everything, but the one thing they probably do agree about is James Bond whips ass and gets pussy and is awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my god, my that's I'll, that's I haven't really thought about that, but that's absolutely why my dad watched James Bond to watch a pussy getting wonderful boy.
0: Right, like he's a cosmopolitan, globe-trotting, cool guy who upholds the demands of a uh, horrific imperial regime and murders a lot of random Russians along the way. And slays a lot of pussy. That's true. So so, so Robert Shaw is... So I would say of the Connery run of Bond, I don't want to... I'm going to speak broadly here, but I think heads know that From Russia With Love is probably the best of that era. Is that controversial? I think there's like a groundswell of... I feel like I could name a few people or find a few sources that would argue that that's kind of the the one.
1: Wait, well, you're saying that you're saying that the, of the Connery movies, From Russia with Love is the best.
0: I would make that argument, and I think, I think there, a lot of people others, are down
1: with that. Yeah, because that's the first one.
0: It's not the what the fuck you? Oh, no, sorry, Doctor, you idiot, you Doctor Fool, no. you you bucket. That's Doctor second No. Second one. Second one. I don't think it's the second. I think it's a third or fourth. Let's no, take a it's look. That's the second one. Let's take a look. Uh, from Russia with Love, 1963. How does this fit into? Um, it was the second one. Yeah, second I think, I, think one. I was the one who said second, but I'm not sure. Oh, I think it was. No, you said third or I think, fourth. I even. think I said second, but we don't know. It, the look, life moves on. Don't be stuck in the past. Yeah. Robert Shaw plays the bad Russian guy in that, and is so fucking awesome in it. Yeah. And ironically, it kind of, in a way, looks like Daniel Craig and sort of like mm-hmm. as like a shredded, joyless guy in a suit, basically plays. Yeah. As the bad guy, really the guy Bond would later become. I like that. That's very cool. But Shaw is so fucking cool. He's he's in this, he's playing like a you know, a cold-blooded mercenary and manages to imbue it with this like icy, terrifying intellect and like extremity that is genuinely fascinating. Yeah. And, and certainly now I wanted to ask you this. Um, so Mr. Gray, who plays the most volatile. Um, he says some racial slurs in the movie and sexually sure harasses does. a woman. Very problematic behavior. <laughs> That's true. I don't know why. she who plays him? Uh, no. Do you, what, what if I told you he's a returning guest?
1: Ah, I love him. We'll I love him. Ladies Wait, and gentlemen, it, um... Mr.
0: Hector Elizondo. <laughs> <What's> the... <laughs> oh, shit from Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve. What? Day. Yes. <laughs> Wait, only, uh, is he in all of those or just one of them? Let me see. No, yeah, he's in he's New in- Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, and Mother's Day, yes. yes. So he's in the, he's one of the rare guys. <laughs> he'll probably to, be
1: in uh, the Lego Batman movie, which we're going to probably do.
0: One of these days? I love that movie. Yeah, wow, um, that's so fun. So, yeah, Hector Elizondo. Wait, who, he was in Batman what? Mystery of? Mystery of the Batwoman. Damn,
1: we're probably going to have to do that one as well.
0: Uh, so. Yep, it's the fourth film no. in the DC animated universe. Fuck, maybe we Yikes. shouldn't do that. Maybe we should choose selectively which doors <laughs> to open. Yeah. But so Hector Elizondo, who plays like, like sort of like chummy, cool older guy and all of the, uh, fucking, uh, great. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm kicking it, Gary Marshall movies. See, so he plays the guy who like is like the, the, and it's, what's funny is that like, you certainly, this is 1974. This is so long before Tarantino and so long before Reservoir exactly. Dogs. Yeah, but, like, yeah. you know, the the guy who they shouldn't have brought along on the big heist is right. Mr. Gray. And he's genuinely fucking upsetting. Yes. He's scary. Yeah. And what's so magical, I think, about the movie is that, like, we are introduced to like 20 to 30 characters. All of whom are given zero mm-hmm. exposition, mm-hmm. basically. It's so perfect, and instantly we understand exactly who they are, how they interact with each other, and what what the director Joseph Sargent pulls off in Taking a Pelham One, Two, Three is that on every level of the story, there's all these plates spinning, and all of them are like really scary, and tense and exciting. There's right? Political intrigue. There's drama at the the train headquarters, on the train car itself. There's the drama between the the hostages and the hostage takers, and within the hostage takers. Mr. Gray's the upsettingly off-kilter he's, guy who is yeah. so putting he's, a
1: wedge between the other three hostage takers. Yeah, it's so complicated. It's awesome. I'm actually going to briefly compare it. Amy and I watched Plane last night. Plane? Also got it from the USB section of the library. Plane. Um it is incredibly similar because it's it's got a plane goes down, so Plane Subway
0: car. Is that where the name of the movie came from? I don't know yet. I'm still thinking about yeah, I, it. I, I'm told that plane's one of those like meta texts that you have mm. to sort of like pour over to understand the different layers of meaning. Yeah. And I'm told that like, if you've, you've ever read Kant or Descartes, you're going to get nothing out of your first viewing of plane.
1: Absolutely. And when you say I I've been told, you can just say Charles told me that,
0: uh, Gerard Butler is one of our most Hegelian actors.
1: Yeah. Um, so plane versus subway car, both have problems in plane they're taken hostage by a local band of paramilitary guys, which is sort of very fun commando, like Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff. But the movie ultimately was not very good. And then it keeps cutting back to like the headquarters where they're like, we got to get this plane back. So it's interesting that like, honestly, it's weird. I didn't really put it together, but they're very similar movies. And one of them by the end, I'm like, don't know anyone. They don't spend any time introducing any, like there's no characterization at all. So by the end, we're just like, woohoo, great, it's over. But this movie does an amazing thing where it, without having like, oh, my wife died and I miss my daughter. It's literally got me like, I fucking hate my job. I fucking hate you. And he has so much personality and I love him. And it's like, I feel so connected with everyone because they are all just like,
0: I don't know, acting must have just been different then they're just doing this shit and it's fucking working. Well, they shot a lot of this like in the fucking MTA system in New York City. So I think it has that re- that super gritty 70s shit of like they're just in those spaces and ha- and and all these people are acting to the fucking tits and they're doing it in a way that's just so sick. We're like we, we see how many offices do we interact with? <laughs> so many. <laughs> and then, uh, like a, I don't know. Like, cuz the whole thing is like, you know, when it comes to world building It takes a certain amount of chutzpah, a certain amount of junk in the trunk, in your front trunks. I'm talking about ball skis. To just, like, hurl people into these environments and, like, just pick up and infer from what's going on, like, in a way that's so confident. And have it pay off like a slot machine. Yeah,
1: and it's because they're all confidently terrible. Like, Walter Matthau is so similar to, like, honestly, he's, like, worse in so many ways than the angry guy. Because at least you sort of know where you stand with the angry guy, where Walter Matha just like belittling and making so much fun of these like Japanese um, businessmen. And the whole
0: time, the prestige of the whole bit Ugh. being is that they do understand what he's saying. And he's like a fucking jackass. And he's just like, is such a for, dick for being such like a, for a racist dick. And the joke is his humiliation at being found out for being. And he a,
1: doesn't even know or give a shit like that. He's no, been no. He humiliated.
0: looks no. He looks pretty humiliated
1: a little bit, but it's like it's quick. It's over, and he doesn't change his behavior. He's just no, that, he's That's always, the thing. That's like, who he is. We're not
0: watching a guy that we're supposed to be charmed yeah. by. Like it's we learn from looking at him and watching how people interact with him that this is a guy who co by on. The smallest amount of charm possible. Uh Jerry Stiller, his right hand yes, man, wants toys. to read the paper and eat a fucking baked good. Like yeah. the, the, the MTA cops are like we understand them to be like one of the best parts of the movie, and I'm gonna, you know, this is not a one-to-one, but he's like the MTA police encounter all manner of problems on the transit system, molestation, robbery, arson, mesh- meshugas, <laughs> like like they're yeah. just they're just chumps, and like the cops don't respect them. They send like, you know, two like Again, and then I think of like the Coen Brothers. The shots of the two hapless loser MTA guys taking the the ransom money like it's, it, it's so hilarious. Like, oh boy, we're in trouble now. <laughs> you know, like like it's just a depiction of like ostensibly the guy in other movies. Like we, we're probably going to watch the remake at this point. Yeah, a, I think because I've never seen it. You've but seen the difference it.
1: is, it's got like actual hunks. In it,
0: well, that's the thing. Like,
1: it's, it's like, like Denzel, so interesting. Yeah. I watched
0: in the trailer, like Denzel, like spills coffee on himself, and we're like, "Oh, Denzel's a dork." Not like, "Oh, look at this violently charismatic, incredibly handsome." Like, like I, I, I hate it that they replaced Mathew with with Washington because, like, you need a lumpin' guy with a pot belly who just like but
1: maybe you don't. I think we've learned this is interesting. I know we sort of snuck into taking corner from our cube, but remakes are very cool, and we sort of learned that. This is a different era, especially of New York. So Tony Scott's doing like, what was it 2009? 2000... Yeah. To say. So New York is a very different place. And like,
0: I, I will say the Travolta casting makes sense on paper. I don't to... think we
1: need another, like, it's almost more interesting. Like, taking a poem works so well in the original because it's like, it is New York.
0: Well, then, but then also in the 70s, and they joke about it in the movie, like, everyone else is hijacking airplanes. And they're like, why yeah, are you fucking taking an airplane? This is so fucks? much more annoying.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know, the, My favorite character is the guy who's like, I'm just trying to run a well, fucking the, subway the, system The train here. master. Yeah. The whole
0: thing that's so fascinating is that, like, you were talking about the, the angry guys, you keep referring to him. There's several angry guys. One of them is the guy whose job is to actually run right. the transit system for everybody else in town. And like his frustration is completely justified. Like he's just like, can you get out of my way? I
1: just wanna get the trains where they need to go. Right. He doesn't care about this hostages, he doesn't care about the money. He's just like, I'm trying to do my fucking job.
0: And and it shows you something about the system that we're engaging with that like It is heartless. It is emotionless. It is. No one really fucking cares about the hostage. Literally, no one cares about the hostages. No one. (laughs) No one. He's like, like, you'll get 14 extra votes. Right, right, right. And again, the lieutenant mayor who plays the guy that that whole season? He
1: might be my MVP, the guy who comes in and just like, Mayor, you're a fucking idiot. I'm gonna okay. So to,
0: so it's Tony, the great Tony is, Roberts. Yeah. What else is he? he oh, been Annie, in, was, Annie Hall. Yeah, of course. I was gonna say he's a he's um. Been Lee Wallace, <laughs> a real MVP uh, candidate is the great Lee Wallace. What's an MVB? MV, MVP? MVP me. Oh, saying. sorry, sorry. That's like most valuable. This
1: little bitch. Little bitch. Um, so he plays the most like snotty little
0: <laughs> scared. Okay, so people. then he plays. He plays uh, in Batman. He plays the mayor. Oh hell yeah. And so Ed Koch was the so I'm going to show you a picture of the mayor who this is this is the guy who I thought he was be a to parodying but he played the mayor before Ed Koch was mayor.
1: Hell yeah. He looked, Oh <laughs> my god.
0: It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. And then of course Tony Roberts who plays the 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 deputy mayor who's like so we we finally get to the top of the totem pole in New York City to the mayor who's lying about the flu being like everybody Oof. hates me. I don't want to do nothing. <laughs> And it's like number two is like you fucking piece of shit. You I gotta, do, gotta do something. I do everything. Just do one thing. <laughs> so like we're wow, just. He's like yeah. a full
1: Woody Allen guy.
0: Well, you know. Oh, not not knocking him, but he, like that's why
1: he's so familiar to me because I've my dad made sure I watched. And he's
0: in Serpico.
1: Oh yeah, I've never yeah.
0: seen Serpico.
1: I haven't either. But yeah, he's Tana. Midsummer Night. Stardust, Stardust Memories. Man, that movie's
0: fucking great.
1: He's in like Radio. They days. don't put me in
0: jail. Let's start with Memories is great. Yeah. That might be my favorite.
1: I album. won't put you in jail.
0: He's in Seize the Day. Never saw it. Robin Williams. Wow. Wow. Look at Robin Williams doing a dramatic role. I'm he, smoking a cigarette here. Look at his giant outfit. I got a big cat.
1: are so fucking big. But no,
0: but this was an 80s movie doing a movie, a, a novel set in the 40s, right? Or something. Whoa. So, yeah in the 50s I don't know they're like it's the 50s see mm. <laughs> yeah 56 <laughs> Robin <laughs> anyways so what we're trying to say is fucking taking a hell in 123 is top to bottom stacked I'm gonna pull up the name of our, yeah. the guy that you but I love think,
1: man, I don't know if I got to finish my point Maybe if I didn't, I'm i gonna repeat myself I'm excited to watch this remake because it seems like it's not trying to just remake the 70s in a modern era like I'm really interested to see what Tony Scott thinks of like 2009 New York and what that means I don't need Walter Matthau to come back So I'm curious what's going to
0: happen. Okay, so we were we're talking about the cast and and the grittiness of it. I was wondering, are all these people just hardcore New York City theater actors? Yes, Tom Petty, who plays the delightfully named uh, Kaz Dolowitz... Who, who's one of the many furious? I told, when he came on screen, I just wanted to stand up and applaud. I was like, yeah. "You fucking watch this man! Like he's like a proto Angido. He? He's the the the, this, the very angry one. We got one. broads in the fucking train system. He's mad at <laughs> yeah, the yeah. broads who work in trains now. Yeah. He gets shot, of course. Um so Tom Petty uh, uh, played Rocky oh, not Arm Petty.
1: Tom Petty, Petty okay. P
0: E D I, not a that is confusing. Famous heroin addicted singer songwriter Tom Petty. Okay, that makes way um, more sense. He originated uh, Rocky, the night barman in, in the Iceman Cometh. Mm, so like this, okay. like there are a lot of hardcore like New York theater actors in this fucking thing. Um,
1: my, you know, one of my favorite characters was the. I know this is going to sound awful for me, but the cop, uh-oh. the cop who goes down into the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. That's he's great. So much personality. He like all he had to do great. was stand against a pillar. I'm like, I love this guy. I, also I understand
0: like, this man, uh, Julius Harris, who plays uh, the cool inspector with the sunglasses. who <laughs> looks fucking cool as shit. Hell yeah, that guy was awesome. Did you
1: find it really interesting that like acting back then was just like, I don't know, I don't know anything about acting, but it seems as like comparing movies from then, it's like, how do I make a character feel so real that it doesn't matter? what their backstory is or what they're even doing. There's like the fact that they're doing something gives me so much access to a life. And this movie is teeming with actors that are just so committed to creating life. And comparing it to Cube, where it's just like, I feel, and like playing, there's just like no life happening anywhere.
0: Well, I think this is what I liked about Tar so much, like of recent movies Mm. that have accomplished this, is that like, if you as a director have the confidence in both the audience and the actors to know that observing people at work or observing people in an unconscious state of being will give us a greater insight into who they are and how they behave more than any exposition, you can make that happen. Yeah, and this movie, we see people thrust into action and everything they do seems to, like, accurately portray their character more than anything they say in the entire movie. Like, the way they choose to do things, the manner in which they conduct themselves, it's easily, like, transmitted directly to us because everyone's, like, 100% locked into it. So you look at... show like Succession, you look at a show like the Larry Sanders show. uh, In Succession, there's no blocking, and the cameras roam freely, so the actors are constantly acting, not Mm. knowing where they're going to be covered from, meaning that they enter a total immersion, not knowing what any random shot of them reacting might be in the final piece. That creates a totality to that experience. It's amazing. In the Larry Sanders show, um, one of the early, I can't remember which director it was, Ken something or whatever, um, one of my favorite television shows of all time, at the end of every take, they'd go straight back to one with no break. So at the end of every sequence to reshoot each take, they go straight back to the beginning with no break. So people enter this unconscious state of acting and this unconscious cool. state of like living yeah. in a space, in an environment. And this movie just feels like that so effortlessly. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. It's fucking incredible. I it's, love it.
0: Everything about Cube 2021 that was sterile, airbrushed down, and textureless, this is like the stinkiest, most fucking right. grimy feeling. And like, it's crazy. Like, can you imagine if we had... Walter Matthau, Tom Petty, like locked in a cube, like all these, (laughs) but
1: you'd get a movie. It doesn't fucking matter what happens. You just like something exciting would happen. And they just sort of forgot in making Cube that's like, oh, actors are here to like be a mate, like just like create something. It's
0: almost like the pre and post Roddenberry. Uh, Star Trek universe because like Roddenberry's whole thing was like he didn't want there to be interpersonal conflict like that was like important mm, to him his vision okay. of that world and of course when he after he dies they're like thank god interpersonal <laughs> conflict nonstop that's how we get DS9 like the crown jewel in my opinion of the Star Trek you universe gotta watch. you gotta watch I it gotta watch uh, there's a scene where uh, one of the main characters tortures another main character where you're like Damn. huh this is not like other Star Treks like someone's being tortured and we actually sympathize with both people on either end of this experience and it's like nothing oh, it's like you've like ever prisoners. seen before in a way, God, yeah. put Paul Dano in a cube. <laughs> put that motherfucker in himself. a cube. Dude, imagine, <laughs> honestly, we could just sit here and pitch cube cast. Yes. That would be great. Honestly,
1: just like nine versions of Paul Dano would be
0: great. That'd be great. So, get, like, a, like get split prisoners. Get split,
1: but, uh, <laughs> but no, we get to dif- we just somehow do like a Taskmaster thing where you get to see them all interacting. We get prisoners cube and little Miss Sunshine, sorry, Dano, and uh, there'll be blood Dano. What if, what
0: if that was like the ultimate season of Taskmaster? They just do cube. Amazing. They lock five Amazing. of the funniest comics. <laughs> Make them use the boot. <laughs> in a ceaseless series of uh, torturous nightmare. Wait, traps. What do they call
1: boots? Because they call boots the car part. Is it also a boot on your foot? Or do they have a different feeling? No, funny it's a word? lorry. It's a lorry. No, put, but put on
0: your lorries. Put on,
1: wait, it's a lorry?
0: That's trucks. Wellington's. Oh, well, there's, there's wellies, of course. Yeah. That's, I think that's Those more Those are like, like wet, wet, wet yeah. in like, you know, Glastonbury. Mm. God. So- we love England so much. Right. Let's list things we like about England. Wet. Robert Shaw. He's Gross. From wet. Where's
1: he from? I think it is. I mean, you do like the wet grossness. How do you
0: pronounce that? This is where Robert Shaw's from. <laughs> Westington West?
1: No, West Houghton. West, West, West Houghton. West, Houghton.
0: Pr- West Houghton. West, I got it. I nailed it. Wow. I should be from Britain. You are a continental fellow. Well, no, well, Continental he, he is... died relatively young.
1: Wait, Continental means not I'm saying you have experience
0: in... Like, I'm saying that you're that a worldly... Co- you're a cosmopolitan. Well, thank you, but... Uh, he died at 51. That's so oh, sad. That is he, sad. He died in County Mayo in Ireland. Did he die of? The, um, uh, hold the county mayo, please. I'm trying to watch my cholesterol. Did <laughs> uh, <laughs> he die of the vaccine? Like mayonnaise. Yeah, but so I'm like reading young. here. Uh, he died in 1978 of the COVID 19 vaccine. <laughs> Too young. Yeah. His heart exploded so, from the so, vaccine. I'm
1: sorry. My dad keeps emailing so me sad. shit about all the. It's like, oh, it's so annoying.
0: Look at this. He has a rock in county mayo.
1: Damn, that's a fucking sick rock. It yeah, looks like a penis. They
0: misspelled honor though. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, dumb. Oh. Hey, okay, you know what? And you know Wikipedia? We don't need both. We don't need both. <laughs> that one's good. I mean, I guess well, if you want a to read. Better.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I want to see the the whole rock. So I yeah. guess you do need both.
0: Cuz yeah, you see this and you're like, "Well, what's the rest of the rock look like?" Mmm. the rest the of it look Robert like a penis. Shaw. And this is the and pure. boat. This is your view from the rock. Oh, that's the great. great. So so it's Shaw like rock POV. So that's yeah. what
1: that's what Robert is seeing for eternity.
0: Uh, do you think that replaying Mister Riven would, is like probably a horrible? It's probably unplayable now, right?
1: I mean, do you like cubes? <laughs> Here's not the thing, to bring I, it back to the cube episode. I but,
0: love point and click adventures, and like mm-hmm. Disco Elysium and Pentiment sort of have some of that element of like a lot of the. You're you're not trying to. F- it's more. Pu- so this is more. Mist is a puzzle game. There's puzzles in
1: fucking. No puzzles in Disco Elysium. Really. Not really. No. So, no
0: mind puzzles. Yeah, this is like of
1: the brain. I remember Myst being like more like a text adventure. Like the next upgrade from like... this was
0: a nightmare as a child. I realized it was not really for children, but like at the time, I was like, I it have no fucking four idea children. what to do.
1: It really was. You're just like
0: on an island. They're like, I don't know, figure it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why I really don't like that stuff. I like I can get through Monkey Island games because they're hilarious, and I I can sort of coast. But honestly, solving all the puzzles is like I don't give a f- Fuck. Yeah, we wouldn't last too long in Cube. I don't. Well, no, I think we, you and I? we would last as long as it took to to starve to death.
0: Here's what I'd do I'd kill you and tear your body apart and <laughs> then throw limbs or chunks of you. But <laughs> you wouldn't even rim. eat me. Uh, I'd save your buttocks. It's for That's where the meat is. You have not seen my buttocks. Yeah, there's not a lot of meat on those bones. No. I guess I'd, sh- I'd save your femur and gnaw on it. Yeah, For some marrow. That's sick. Yeah, That'd be awesome. Well, okay, so... um, so I don't c- think we can grant Cube any MVP or whatever. No, let's so
1: let's do um, MVD, MVP, and one uh, we'll for taking a pen, taking Pelham 1, 2, 3. Right,
0: and would you watch taking a Pelham uh, four, 4, 5, 6? <laughs> 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 we, we both made a run at it there. Yeah. Um, I like yours better. I did a bad one. <laughs> no, they're both okay. I think adding, honestly, 1, 2, 3, 4 is pretty stupid. <laughs> it's so it's bad, pretty funny. But it does match the... <laughs>
1: Um, yeah. Um. I would have to say, MVD for a non-horror movie honestly has some really great D's in it. I think I have to give it to just like the guy getting shot, the angry, line? the angry guy just oh, getting shot.
0: it's getting yeah. Yeah, it's such Cause, like cause a, that's the tone shift. Yeah, that's the tone shift. It's like, oh shit, we're like, oh, this guy, like, we're supposed to, you know, kind of like, oh, this fucking grump. Oh, he's <laughs> and then he gets blasted, and, and it's you know, sad. You're it's like, sad. like, oh man, I
1: didn't think I'd yeah. miss this guy, but damn.
0: Um, My most valuable death, and I think the most, like, crushing combination of black humor and just, like, nihilism of this movie is uh, when the undercover cop, the hippie, you know, gets shot and then shoots one of the guys. And Mulderath is, like, talking to this man who's bleeding out, lying in the middle of subway tracks alone in the dark. He's like, don't worry. Someone's going to come and help me.
1: (laughs) so glad you brought this fucking – this is the perfect – this is, like, the perfect encapsulation of this movie is – there's a running bit the whole movie about an undercover cop, and Walter Matthau keeps going. It might be a broad, and then at the end, it's a long-haired hippie. A long-haired hippie, and the guy mistakes. He's like, "Are you a woman?" It's, it's incredible. It's such a fucking
0: good bit. And then like <laughs> everyone just keeps like when it's the least helpful. Basically, he like leaps up and goes into action. <laughs> Rolls out of a train, right. sprains his ankle, and shoot, like, shoots crying. one guy. Gets shot, um, and again, he's just like lying, like. You, for those who have never had the good fortune of seeing the middle of a subway track in New York city, if you are bleeding out lying like a, like a thin trickle of like rat cum and like (laughs) toxic waste and like, you know, you're fucked. You're like, that's like the worst. Even if you're not shot, if you just fell down one time, that'd be the worst thing that happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so like, don't worry, buddy, it's all going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) To this like, I was just,
1: obviously the going to die. The only good thing about that is that no one has to bury you.
0: Right. You're just <laughs> dead. <and laughs> you are just
1: all set.
0: Yeah. So I think that, though we don't, technically speaking, confirm his death, it's just like, that's like, it's <laughs> such a bleak bit where he's like, uh, yeah, man, don't worry. Ba- it's so funny because like, he doesn't
1: need to do anything at that point. It's so yeah. amazing. And it's- also
0: like, the beauty of this too is that, and again, I haven't seen the remake, I don't know what the moralizing is going to be around the crime itself. Who fucking gives a shit? Like No one cares about like, the, the money. No one cares like no one cares about the hostages the, the movie's just, just like this fascinating cross-section of like a decaying system filled with despair and hopelessness and you just cut it down the middle at this one particularly extreme moment and just sort of see like the how many levels upon which this like broken rattling system just like clanks forward no matter what even though it sucks and is stupid it's so great so it's so yeah.
1: it's so good because like at the end Walter's dumbly driving with the police, and he's like, There's the if it's moving, they're on it. There's there's a dead man switch and everything. And then 10 minutes later, he's like, Well, I guess I might maybe I was wrong. Maybe we should go back. And he's just like, everything is just happenstance and dumb luck, and they don't know what they're no one knows what they're doing in yeah, all regards. It, it
0: doesn't venerate cops, it doesn't venerate criminals, it doesn't venerate humans. It doesn't
1: venerate the whole <laughs> system that's in place. Right. New York as a system is like oh, this is what's in charge of the trains, the mayor, like everything that's running this thing is just
0: the wrong people for the job. Well, And then there's that amazing moment where like, and again, no one fucking does this shit anymore. Like at the, the highest point of tension, some cop chooses to fire into the into the train car setting off like more needless violence and death and throwing this plan even, even into further chaos it's never quote unquote solved who fired the shot it doesn't matter some fucking idiot just did it and it was stupid and like made everything way worse yeah. and like, no one's going to be held responsible oh. like, like it was unnecessary and useless like it's it's and no one even really criticize. they're like yeah some fucking guy some cop just fired off around <laughs> like an
1: idiot the scene where they're like trying to just literally drive money somewhere
0: and they managed to flip their car over like there's nothing ever works <laughs> yeah. and no one's plan works the criminals aren't geniuses the system isn't good and you know why works. this is a good
1: movie is because it's all believable like it's not unbelievable. They flip their car but It's like, oh yeah, of course they would.
0: Right. Everyone's it's, sloppy and stupid and the system is awful. And it's not like a deus ex uh,
1: and It's like, oh yeah, that's no, no shit. It was it, it's so nice to watch suck. a movie with
0: literally no moralizing or politics other than like, it's like, I, I guess you could, again, like uh, I see this movie as like a brilliant satire in the guise of a thriller um, but like it basically, the only the basic observations are just like the most iconic observations any critic makes throughout history that this fucking thing we're in sucks.
1: Yeah. So good. And it's not
0: even judging
1: that. It's just like, here's a suck system. Here, have fun. Take a just look. Just enjoy it because it sucks to be in it in real life. So just have fun in this shitty. You got it. You got to laugh.
0: You got to laugh. Um, okay. <laughs> most your, um,
1: death? MVP. MVP.
0: This is a tough one.
1: Everyone. And I just, um, I think everyone ties. Wow. I I've mean, never I'm, done it before, but. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think everyone ties. I don't like, think you can take... Like, my, my mind goes to a Robert Shaw because he's so compelling and so fascinating. And my the biggest anxiety that I have about the remake is that, well, my anxiety is that they're going to like try to make uh, the Matthau character as played by Denzel a, a good guy, which is not the point of this movie. Yeah, And I'm worried that without someone as compelling as Shaw... Um, and Lord knows John Travolta's career is uh, all over the map on compellingness and often for the wrong reasons. So he's the Robert Shaw guy? Yeah. Mm. So that's a source of some anxiety because Shaw is so good in it. But yeah, at the end of the day, like, you know, something that we've talked about with like White Lotus season two is that what's amazing about that season is that if you had separated off any of those storylines into a like an eight episode show, I would have watched that show mm. of any one of those plot arcs. They're all so well realized yeah, and interesting. Absolutely. This is very similar. Pretty much every storyline is perfectly rendered in a way that we understand the stakes right. and care and are compelled to find out what happens. Yeah. So well, I maybe my my instinct just to go with Shaw. I think I'm gonna have to agree with you. Yeah,
1: it's just like it's the whole the whole point of the movie is to watch these people do their thing, and I don't think anyone's better. Like I can't, no one is replaceable, and no one isn't doing something.
0: It's and, and, wonderful. And, and a lazier writer would have just a movie about how a mayor handles this, or just a movie about or how, how a cop Walt, handles this. Walter
1: Matthau is like the main character. He's doing more. Like Walter Matthau barely do, like he spends the first third of the movie making fun of Japanese people
0: yeah just being like a fucking total that's it and And he spends more of his movie doing that
1: than anything else and like that's not a coincidence or a mistake that's you know i will
0: give a runner up mvp to old-fashioned microphones and radios because this movie (laughs) is so much clicking and clacking Uh, and grabbing of old like fucking steel dude it's so cool to see how the fucking
1: all the boards are just like weird dots of light it's like the matrix yeah if you're
0: a fan of like old school uh uh, fucking broke-ass technology of the seventies. This movie is a fucking paradise. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this question: Are you asking when will it end? Will you see uh, taking of Pelham 10 Yeah. No, I'm definitely not. Another I think, train and another. Uh, city? <laughs> no, I think that's
1: so funny. It could be anything. It could be um like the boat busts It could be like a speed situation where you just move to a different mode of transportation. Uh, he could go to a different city. Walter gets fired and has to wow. do, like, the BART system I in San Francisco in London, or though. London. Yeah, the Continental. I don't know how you guys
0: do it over here, but in New York. <laughs> you're not in New York anymore, oh, Mr. Maybe he has to go to
1: Tokyo. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and he has, like, a whole mater's tale.
0: That'd be beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Well, th- thanks for doing this episode, Charles. I, I- Yeah.
1: Thanks for trying Cube. I was yeah, really excited.
0: Well, I just, I, I feel guilty because I was like, oh, it's another thing. Like, I, I don't love falling asleep during movies we watch together, but that was so I fucking I didn't fall asleep and it sucked. Right. No. I, I wasn't even granted full unconscious. I was just sort of blinking out being like, okay, this has got to pick up at some yeah. point. But then we transitioned to taking a bell one, two, three, and it was like we were watching a fucking football game. It was yeah. so sick. It was great. And uh, fuck Ooh, the Maybe cheats. we should do
1: our, we should do a bonus episode on the Super Bowl maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah.